From Innovation Alley at Marquette University, I'm Chuck Swoboda, and this is Innovators on Tap, a show based on the idea that innovation is about leadership. It's a mindset to find a better way, and ultimately, it's about people. This podcast is designed to allow you to open your mind to new ideas and find ways to put those concepts to work and maybe even change the world. Episode six continues our journey to uncover your innovator's spirit as we explore the idea that innovation is messy. Today, we'll discover how disorganized environments often inspire creativity, the power of getting your hands dirty, and why making it personal is an incredibly effective motivational tool. That's what's on tap today. Enjoy. During my many years running a public company, I was someone who always tried to clean up their desk at the end of every day. It was my way of trying to create some sense of order in the otherwise chaotic experience of running a complex global enterprise. Although I tried to share my approach with other employees, encouraging them to clean up their cube or office from time to time, it didn't have much effect. And it seemed as though some people simply preferred to be surrounded by a random collection of papers, past experiments, and old articles and journals. I've since come to realize that my need for order may not have been the best approach for our most creative employees. So, do you think there is any correlation between how messy or clean your work environment is and the type of work that you produce? If you were walking around an office, How would you try to determine who is more creative or more innovative? What signs would you look for to help inform your decision? Albert Einstein, the Nobel Prize winning father of modern physics, was reported to have said, If a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind, of what then? Is an empty desk a sign? He makes an interesting point. And in my experience, the most innovative people I've worked with seem to have the most disorganized desks. The realization caused me to think more about my own habits. Despite my need to create order at the end of each day, if you walked into my office during a creative moment of problem solving, you would likely find piles of paper scattered around my desk as I was trying to find that next idea. Scientists have actually studied this phenomenon and discovered a correlation with how disorganized an environment is and the creativity of the people working in it. And creativity is critical to innovation. In one study, researchers split American students into two rooms, one neat and tidy and the other disorganized and messy. They then asked each group to come up with creative ideas on how to use ping pong balls that were placed in each room. While the clean room came up with more standard ideas, such as using the ping pong balls for the game of beer pong, the messy room came up with much more innovative and creative ideas, like using ping pong balls as ice cube trays, or even to protect the legs of furniture. Kathleen Voss, a psychologist and professor at the University of Minnesota who conducted this study, shared her thoughts on her findings with us for this episode. The history of tidiness versus messiness shows that tidiness is really aimed at keeping people in line. 
It helps people to um, stick to social norms, do what society thinks is right, follow rules, etc. But the problem is, is that those are the kind of opposite things that you want to be doing if you want somebody to be innovative and creative. And so our idea was if you get people in a messy environment, even if it means breaking a few rules, doesn't mean that people are more creative and more inspired. And in fact, we found that it was. What this all points to is a simple fact. Innovation isn't neat and tidy. Innovation is messy, both figuratively and literally. So how can you embrace the idea that innovation is messy? Well, it starts with getting your hands dirty. And one way to describe what this means is through the story of the hedgehog and the fox, which dates back to the ancient Greek poet Archilochos, who wrote, The fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. While there are many interpretations of this parable, Phil Tetlock, psychologist and co-principal investigator of the Good Judgment Project, describes the differences this way. The ideal type hedgehog as uh, an expert or a professional or a thinker who relates everything to a single central vision, in terms of which all that they say has significance. The important thing is that you approach history, you approach current events in a deductive frame of mind. You have certain first principles and you try as hard as you can to absorb as many different facts into the framework of those first principles. And then he described foxes in this way. They pursue many ends, often unrelated and even contradictory. They entertain ideas that are centrifugal rather than centripetal without seeking to fit them into or exclude them from any one all-embracing inner vision. Now, many people are either a hedgehog or a fox, but to lead innovation, you need to be both. Tom Warner, CEO of SunPower and a former guest on this podcast, may have said it best. I was at GE Medical, there was an all-hands meeting, and I'd be in somewhere in the audience, and the person up front's presenting, and I'm thinking, they don't have a clue what we're thinking. You know, They don't really connect, and I think I can do that. I think I can be high-low. Uh, I'll get the big picture, but I'll be in the details too. And so that was going to be my uh, unique approach to becoming a CEO. So why is this duality so important for innovation? Well, it can be easy for a leader to come up with a strategy and then sit back and let others get to work. However, when things start to go wrong, the leader then lacks the insight into the details to help them better understand not only the problem, but possible solutions to that problem. A strategy I would use when someone raised an issue in some part of the company is that whenever possible, I would get up and physically go to the problem. Not because I knew the answer, but because I wanted to see it with my own eyes, to understand the context of that specific issue, and to inevitably gain details and insight from the team that might be critical to finding a solution. When we see a problem and relay it to another person, we interpret it through our own biases just like the game of telephone that you might have played as a kid, where you tell one person something and then they whisper it to the next person. And as the information travels down the line, 
it changes and often sounds quite different by the time it reaches the last person. If you're going to solve a difficult problem, you have to eliminate the translations along the way and make sure that you are starting with the unbiased facts, which means that you need to get into the details. As a leader, I wanted to know what was happening across all different parts of the business and have the opportunity to synthesize them in my own way. That's why I sat in on R&D reviews at Cree, even when I was the CEO. I wasn't there to micromanage anyone. I wanted to listen and learn where the technology was headed, occasionally providing some context to the team that they might not have otherwise had access to. That's what it meant for me to get my hands dirty. And what I learned is that if you only operate at 30,000 feet, you'll miss the details that could help you eliminate critical barriers along the way. When you're willing to get your hands dirty, there is a secondary benefit that is almost as important as your understanding of the details. It also allows you to make things personal, which can be an incredible tool for motivation. I remember in the early days of LED lighting, I was at a meeting at the White House with a group of CEOs to discuss green technology and jobs. And while we were waiting for the president to join us, I was talking with Energy Secretary Stephen Chu. And I mentioned to him that, hey, why is it that you're not using LED lighting here in the White House? And he turned to me and he said, we'll install LED lighting when it pays for itself in my lifetime instead of the LED's lifetime. His point was that our technology was still too expensive, and he was right. His challenge became personal that day. I wrote his comment down on a piece of paper, and it hung in my office for many years, serving as a motivation to push the technology further than anyone thought was possible. So how can you make something personal at work to give you that extra motivation? Well, here's something I want you to try. Think of the biggest challenge that you have to achieving your goal then write it down or make it the screensaver on your phone and let it serve as a constant reminder to motivate yourself to do something about it. Kenton Lee, the founder of Because International and a former guest on this podcast, explained how he applied this idea to push himself to tackle the many challenges when starting his company. It really was just a very simple equation for me. I was trying to do something that I thought would help my friends. It became so personal to me, and, and that was really kind of my main motivation. In the end, the power of this concept can be summarized this way. When things get personal, things get done. Thanks for listening to this episode of Innovators on Tap, which focuses on the fact that innovation is messy, and hopefully you gain some strategies that you might apply to your own challenges. If you enjoyed hearing about this concept, you can learn about it in more detail in my book, The Innovator Spirit, which is available wherever you buy books. If you found value in this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues, because I think we all know of things that could use some innovative thinking. Please feel free to contact us through our website at innovatorsontap.com. We're always open to new ideas or critical feedback. My belief as an innovator is anything you do today can be done better tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on this journey. Let's go change the world. <laughs>